up, and we're all going to enjoy it, I'm sure. You know, Sunday nights, man, it's been a long time since I've been back on a Sunday night. And uh, bring on the crazies, right? (laughs) Everybody's like, oh. I mean, it's upside down. It's like what Rose was talking about. It's crazy. People are jumping around. People are are shouting and clapping and, and going nuts for Jesus. How many people are here for the first time? How many people? It's the first time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. You know, they're thinking, hmm, who talked me into this, right? But think about, think about what, what Rose was talking about, this idea that um, what, what's normal for us isn't always normal for God, and what's normal for God isn't normal for us. If you really can wrap your, your brain around what God has done for us, if you really can wrap your brain around this, this promise of, of life, abundant life today and, and an eternal life, I mean, if you, if you really do get your brain around it, if you, if you really do remember, for many of us, remember where we were and where we are now, how can you not? I mean, I've got to be honest with you. When the Gators won the national championship, I lost my mind. I'm jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. I don't play for the Gators. I'm, I mean, like, what allegiance? To, I mean, I went to the University of Florida. I graduated, like, way too many years ago. And yet, somehow, in my mind, I can go nuts when they win the national championship. And yet, it's weird if you go to church and somebody's jumping up and down. Think about that. That is crazy, isn't it? It, it? That It's crazy in the other way, that we think it's crazy. We should be going nuts. We should be dancing. When we sing these songs and we, and we connect with what it's saying, what it's speaking to us. Okay, I'm, I'm losing my retinas now. Can we? Um, yeah, oh, okay. So... <laughs> That scripture, this recurring theme that we have for tonight of uh, Jeremiah 29.11. So it's written by the prophet Jeremiah way years before Jesus. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. This, this promise way before Jesus. Jer- Jeremiah, he has no idea how God's going to deliver this thing. But he says, I know that God has, has a plan and that this plan is going to result in you being a people of hope. That you'll be a people that will be filled with some great desire and expectation of what God's going to do. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. This idea of, of the Christian hope. The Christian hope, because I think it's, it's fundamental and it, and it plays into to what we saw tonight is people of hope. Dude, you are in addiction recovery and you're dancing? That seems crazy. Some people, I mean, we're talking, they have lost everything and they're jumping up and down, praising God. They are filled with hope. They're filled with a hope, with, with both a desire of more of God and an expectation that he may actually deliver. 
that I may actually experience more of God in this life. They're filled with hope. Peter, in his letter, says, um, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This idea that we have been born again into a living hope. And you know, born again, we hear born again and we think, like that's just Christianese, right? Isn't it? Brother, are you born again? You need to be born again. But think about what that means to be born again. When Jesus introduces this term, he says, man, following me, it's it's, it's like you have to be born again. It's like you have to start all over. It's as different from being not born and born. That's what the life of following me is like. And if you've ever been not born, it's vastly different than being born again. And Peter is saying, because we've been born again and into a living hope, that is a hope that is, that is alive. It's not stagnant. It's not, you know, boring. It's not, it is a lot. It is a living hope. And it is, it is fundamentally based on the work of Jesus. It is our faith as we look back at the works of Jesus in history, and then we look at our own lives and we see what Jesus has done in our life. It gives us hope for the future. Faith and hope working together. 1 Corinthians 13. If you're married, you might have had this quoted at your wedding. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard the scripture, right? Because it sounds so pretty. Because Paul gives this, you know, elaborate definition of love. And it's awesome because it's, it's an explicit definition of love. But he says this at the end. He goes, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. He says, he goes through all these spiritual gifts. Yeah, we're going to have tongues and prophecy and we're going to have knowledge and wisdom. We're going to have all these spiritual gifts. But all in all, when it all comes down to it, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And so we focus on the love. But tonight we're focusing on the hope. It's, it's in there. It's something that we should expect to be there for all eternity is this hope that we would have. We are called to be people of hope. We are called to find within us faith of, of what God has done that would encourage us to be people of hope, that we would be filled with that kind of hope that we would be the kind of person that would jump up and down at church. I'm not saying you have to jump up and down at church. Some of us, you know, that's the most we can get out, right? But that's a lot, right? For me to snap my fingers, that's a lot. For me, like, I raise my hand like this, that's a big deal for me, all right? There's other people, it's like, they're waving, they're going nuts. For me, it's like, here, that's all it takes for me. That's crazy for Tom, okay? But that's what we're called to be. And so, okay, okay, let's talk about hope. I'm one of those guys, you know, I got to understand words. I don't like to just throw words around. So, hope. I think uh, the, the um, author of Hebrews, he says it this way. He says, faith is the assurance 
of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There's all kinds of scripture about hope. I mean, it's crazy. I I got more scripture than we have time because we have four minutes left. Um, But this, I think, is one of the best because because he he ties faith and hope together and he says faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And and, and if you look at, there's there's all different ways that this is translated depending on which Bible you look at because they're trying to to get across the meaning of, of the words. That faith, it, faith is the, the substance. It's, it's the material. It, it, it brings substance to the things that we hope for. In other words, uh, there, there is a relationship between the faith that we have and the hope that we have. Faith materializes our hopes into being. Faith provides the foundation of the things that we hope for. The way, the way that I've kind of come to, to make it work for me to understand it is I think about, the, I, I look, faith is almost always looking back and today. It's saying, I, I have faith that Jesus did the work on the cross that I read about in scripture. I have faith that, that God is the God of the Bible and that what I read in scripture and the stories, that's the character and the nature of God. And I have faith that God is with me today. I have faith that, that God um, is moving in my life. And then I, then I look forward and I say, and I have hope. That, that faith provides the, the substance for my hope. As I look forward, I, I, I can look back and, and have faith. And that faith provides what I need for my hope. Hope is simply desire and expectation together. It's when desire and expectation come together. Something that you you desire and something that you expect. And some of us, we grew up in a church where desire, desire, that comes from hell. All right, desire is not a bad thing. There There are desires that maybe are not appropriate, um, but there are God-given desires. And when you have a God-given desire combined with an expectation in what God might do in your life, you have a godly hope. You have a godly hope. And that's something that is distinctive about Christians. Paul would say these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Desire and expectation coming together. So what do we hope for? We've defined it. Okay, we understand what hope is. We, we, we know, but, but what are some of the hopes that we have? First, first Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Peter says this, which I think is, is a very um, compelling statement about, about Christians. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This to me is the basis of, of evangelism. You know, evangelism is, I am so excited about something that I want other people to know. That's what evangelism is, okay? I am a, um, I'm a, I'm a TiVo evangelist. I love my TiVo, so I tell other people about TiVo, okay? Now, it's not as spiritual as, you know, my relationship with God, which I'm also excited about, and I tell people about that. But that's what an evangelist means. But what happened, Peter is saying, look, Evangelism is going to work this way. If you do it the godly way, people are going to ask you about the hope that you have. Many times we're like, hey, hey, ask me about Jesus. I want to tell you about Jesus. Like we're forcing it down their throats rather than Peter's approach of them saying, hey, man, you're, you're like hopeful about something I'm not hopeful about. What, 
What's different about you? How is it that you have this hope? Tell me about it. I'm glad you asked. That's a much different approach. And do this with gentleness and respect. Okay, so we are called um, to be people of hope. Now notice, nobody's going to say, Tom, you seem very hopeful that the Gators may win a national championship this year. Tell me about this hope that you have. You know what I'm saying? They're not, it's not going to attract them. Tom, you, you, you seem hopeful that you may win the lottery someday. Tell me about the reason for this hope. You know what I mean? Like these aren't distinctive hopes that we, that we build and maintain within ourselves. It's got to be a hope that defies wisdom, that defies everything that people are, are used to experiencing. Dude, you have nothing, and yet you are positive and hopeful. You have a great desire and expectation, and, and yet there's no basis in anything that I see. Think about Paul in jail, singing songs. The guards are like, dude, you're in jail. I don't know if you've noticed the bars. You can't leave. And they're like, yeah, I know. I'm just praising Jesus. And what happens? These guards, they become Christian. They're like, you got to tell me what's going on because I, this is different. That's the kind of hope that we're called to have. We are, I'll tell you what we're not called to be. Okay? No, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show This is what we're not called to be. Let's just show the video. You're enjoying your day, everything's going your way Then along comes Debbie Downer Always here to tell you about a new disease A car accident or killer bees We beg her to spare you, Debbie, please But you can't stop Debbie Downer I guess Roy isn't doing as well as they first thought What? Who's Roy? Roy of Siegfried and Roy. He was attacked by his own tiger and suffered devastating injuries. Did you guys hear about that train explosion in North Korea? Media is so sensitive there, so secretive. <laughs> people perished. Disney World really is fun. Makes me feel like a kid again. I mean, the time before my two-year stint at Children's. Oh, hey. Hey, Pluto. Hi. Boy, it must be fun to work here. Although the biggest drawback to working in a theme park is that you must live under constant fear of deadly terrorist attacks. Pluto! Pluto, wait, where are you going? That costume on, he's probably in the early stages of heat stroke. greenhouse effect keeps up, we'll all be living underwater. <laughs> you know what, Debbie? You are totally ruining my trip to <laughs> I didn't say a word during It's a Small World when you talked about <laughs> Okay, we've got to cut it. That's only a good Saturday Night Live skit, you know, it just goes on and on. But I, I just love... Because, you know, these skits are, are based on real-life experience. And we all know a Debbie Downer. All right? Christian or not Christian, it's somebody that, Hey, man, how's your week going? Mm, 
wah, wah, you know, like no matter what, like it's, it's the guy that you're watching, like, uh, what's the show where they give him the new home and like everybody's always crying, extreme makeover. And it's the guy that goes, yeah, but you should see their property taxes, you know, and you've got, and we've got Christians that get into the same pattern. Hey man, how is your week going? Well, at least we have heaven to look forward to. <laughs> you know? I'm content. I can't complain. I haven't been crucified. You know? Like, seriously. You know? Okay, they don't say that. But they get close to it. But this idea uh, uh, that we're just surviving. And, 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 and Paul says that we are called to be a people of hope. That we are to be, we are to to find within ourselves, just like we are called to love people, okay? If I were to go up and I'm hanging out with Gabe and he's just being a putz to somebody and just not, I, dude, you need to love that person. You know, I tell him, we're called as Christians, you need to love. Just, we should be the same way with Debbie Downer. Look, man, you need to, you need to find some hope. You need to find some hope. I'm not saying you need to act, you don't need to, you know, put on your poker face and pretend like everything's peachy. But you, but you need to reflect on the things that God has done in your life, the promises that he's given you, and find the hope for the future because it's there. And God has known. He's known since he made us the way that we're wired. He knows that we forget the things that he's done. That's why if you look in the Old Testament and you read all these stories, God does things and then what does he do? He has a market. Build, build a monument, uh, write it down, write a song, do a dance, have a feast, do something. Why? Because you're going to forget. And I want you to be people of hope. I want you to remember, I'm the God who delivered you out of Egypt. Over and over he says that. Why? To remind them so that they'll have faith. Yeah, that's the God that I serve. And because of that, even though I'm in exile in Babylon, I have a hope for the future. Because that's the God that I serve. That's a characteristic that we should have as as Christians, we should be people of hope. The story of God is a story of hope. If you think about it, it's always people looking forward based on promises that they've received from God. So what should we hope for? What should we hope for? What are some of the distinct hopes that we should have as Christians? Hope that there's more to this life. It's not just about avoiding hell. You know what I mean? Like, that's what some people, like, like that's their hope. Hey, at least I'm not going to hell. <laughs> Way to go, hope. You know, Jesus says, I have come to give you life, life to the full and abundant life. I've come to teach you the way that God has designed life to be lived. And our response, well, at least I'm not going to hell. Like, have you missed it? Now, and of course, that's an interesting statement too, because if you think about it, yeah, I'm just going to spend eternity with God and Streets of gold and glory, you know, like, like even that alone is huge. But, but there's so much more to the promises that we have, the hope that we're called to have. Hope that there is a God. Hope that he cares. Hope that, that his kingdom is, is worth seeking above everything else. Hope in, the, in a God who has never stopped seeking us out. We hope that God is going to do these things. We look forward and we say, God, I want to be used by you. God, I, I want these things to, be, to happen in my life. And we look back in faith in the works that we see that Jesus Christ did. And he says, you know, you're going to do even greater things than I've done. And that gives us hope. 
as we look forward and we think about what could happen, what God could do through us. Okay, a couple specific hopes. These are a couple specific hopes that I think we as Christians should share. One is the hope of the future in heaven. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the circumstance, we always have this hope to hold on to. That's what makes us a Paul's in jail and he's singing songs. Yeah, they might kill me tomorrow. Jesus, you know, he's singing songs. Because he's filled with this hope. If I get to live another day, great. If I don't, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to have a great time. But he is filled with a hope. He's not going, eh, you know. He's, he's going, that's going to sound so weird in the recording. Um, no matter what the circumstances, we as Christians know that this world is not our home. It's not the end. It's not the end at all. It's a small fraction of, of the time that we're going to be in existence with God. We hope in a kingdom where one day every tear will be wiped away, that there will no longer be death or mourning or crying or pain. We have this hope in heaven. We have a hope that the God who's revealed himself to us has said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that is an awesome hope. That's an awesome hope that, that should be distinctively ours as Christians. In other words, it should be something that stands out with other people because that's what makes it so that in the midst of the worst possible circumstances, we can still be filled with a hope that, yes, this is what God has for me. But it's more than that. We don't stop there. It's the hope. And this is, this is the one that I think is the biggest. And it's the hope in the transformed life. It is the hope that we can change, that we can become more than we were before. Anybody see that movie 21 that's out right now? It's pretty good, right? Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. So anyways, there's this one line, and, and, and they're talking about, the girl's trying to talk him into going to Vegas, right? And, um, and she goes, you know, in Vegas, you can become anything you want. And it, and it touches him in some way. There's a desire. You know what? If I could start over, if I could be something that I'm not right now, and I was thinking, that is a Christian hope. We believe that you can become something, you, we become, that you are an entirely new creation in Christ. That you are transformed. While the world says, ah, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. New tricks. It doesn't matter what you do in this life. Yeah, it was probably your parents. Yeah, your parents are the ones that screwed you up. There's nothing you can do about it. The Christian life fills you with the hope that no, God can use you any way you can't even imagine. Saul used to kill Christians for a living. And he becomes the author of most of the New Testament. It, it gives us hope in the transformed life. Because of our faith in the word of God, we have this hope that by pursuing Christ, we can become more like him. We can be transformed. We can be confident that he who began a good work in us is going to continue that great work until the day of Christ Jesus. These are hopes that stand out. These are the types of hopes that someone says, man, tell me about this hope. Where is it coming from? And that's when we get to share. Man, let me tell you about what God's done in my life. If the enemy can take away something, and there is an enemy, there is one who would like to, to destroy us. You can't have, you know, just the good stuff. 
the good stuff that we read about Jesus and, and forget the stuff when he talks about, no, there is an enemy that's out there and he, and he wants to devour you and he wants, you know, to, 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 to take away the life that I've come to bring. And one of the best ways that he can do that is to take away hope. Because when he's done that, life just isn't great. Life just isn't full without hope. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. You know, the words out front of hell in Dante's Inferno. This idea that in hell there is no hope. And if we in this earth can, can if, if the enemy can remove all hope, it's like a living hell. It's, we're, we're, just, we're just existing. There is no hope. But we have, this is the, in Hebrews six nineteen. we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. This hope is something that should, should hold us secure when, when, we're, when we're, um, we're singing the song, oh no, you never let go. We're looking at you know, the circumstances and, 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 and it doesn't add up and things aren't great, but we have this hope that anchors our soul and says, that, no, 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 no. Remember the good things that God has done. Remember the things that he's done in your life. Remember the things that have been spoken about in, in Scripture and people speaking into your lives. Remember those things and let them provide an anchor for your soul as you go through this time. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Time and time again, he's shown this. Let's stand. And let's ask. You know, some of you are here tonight and maybe you don't have that hope. Or maybe you had the hope and, and, and you don't know what happened to it. We want to take this time and we want to pray. Paul, at one point, he says, as a prayer, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I, I'm going away, but I'm going I'm to leave you one who's going to continue the work that I've started. And he's going to work in your life. And he's going to reveal things that I couldn't reveal in, in bodily form. And he's the Holy Spirit. And Paul later on says that when he comes, that you're going to abound in hope. That he is an agent that can bring this hope. That can speak directly to your heart. That can move on you. And that's what we want to pray for right now. So God, um, we ask that you would come right now, that you, would, that you would come and that you would fill us with hope. Lord, I pray that for everyone, everyone tonight, that they would be thinking about the times in their life where you showed up and you were so real and it was so evident. And I pray that, the, that their faith would swell up and it would result in a hope as they think about the future. God, I pray that it would be evident, Lord, that there would be, in this group, that there would be people that are going to have conversations tomorrow, this week, with people that would say, tell me about this hope that you have. And Lord, for those that are in, in the hardest circumstances tonight, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill them with hope. God, that they would abound in the hope that you bring.